welcome to the Rural Revival Podcast. I'm your host, Dana Larson. This week, we're back in Harrington, Washington with Karen Allen of Hotel Lincoln, the Electric Hotel. Karen and her husband, Jerry, have a love for restoration and their work on this hotel, originally built in 1902, is a labor of love that is 10 years in the making. It was called the Electric Hotel because the building was provisioned for electricity before the city of Harrington had electricity supplied to the town. At the time, it was very innovative and a cornerstone for the development of Harrington. Now Karen and Jerry want it to be the cornerstone for redevelopment. You're gonna love this restoration story. So here we go with Karen Allen. All right, well, we're here today in Harrington, Washington with Karen Allen of Hotel Lincoln, the Electric Hotel. Karen, thanks for being on the podcast. Thank you. Well, tell us a little bit about you and your husband, Jerry. Have you guys always lived in Washington? Jerry's from Minnesota, and I'm from Idaho. So I was born in Idaho, he was born in Minnesota, and somehow we both came together in Washington. So he came to... Washington through sports and college and I came here through my parents who'd moved like 16 times over our lives you know just here to there my dad was a teacher and a musician and my mom was just a working you know working housewife basically so wow not real exciting but (laughs) no that's great and Mm -hmm. what brought you guys to Harrington we Worked on a project down in Odessa for about a year and a half, and it was building a potato processing plant. Okay. And Jerry was the leader. He led the the building of, you know, putting, there was about 50-some machines that had to work together. You know, processing plants take timing and all these motors and everything else. And so Jerry, he just dove right in and... He had been the CEO of his own company, his own potato processing company, and it just so happened that this farmer in Odessa purchased all the equipment wow. that that was once in Jerry's potato factory. Okay, that's <laughs> kind of strange. You don't hear that, you know, much about potato factories, right, but yeah, they process fresh potatoes for sale in you know your local grocery store. Okay, so Smith Canyon was the label. Okay. Jerry was the first person to put a sideways la- label on a bag of potatoes because he noticed that in the stores they stack potatoes on the side. And, he, and, you know, normally you have to hold it upright to see, you know, the label, right? Yeah. So having the label sideways or horizontal, I guess, you could just read it as they put them up there. So he's, he's kind of brilliant, mathematically brilliant, too. <laughs> and a marketer, apparently. Mm-hmm. And a marketer. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. So, and then we, he and I met working on restoring old houses. Okay. So, we worked on a couple of really old houses. One was 1889 that he purchased, and that was really eye-opening for me. Wow. I love it, though. I, uh-huh. My family has always had old homes, so I love them. <laughs> So when did you first see this property here that we're sitting in, the hotel? 
We drove through here a lot, and I don't think I ever noticed it. I noticed the city hall across the street because it's very outstanding. Um, but I never noticed this building until we met the owner of the city hall. And then I was at the city hall looking across the street. And I said, what is that building over there? And I got curious and came down here and started looking around, peeking in the windows. And so that's how we got started here. So what was that process like once you decided, you know, I think that's something we might want to pour our time into? It was interesting. It, it just kind of started happening like a snowball going downhill a little bit. We looked into who, the, who owned the place, and then we talked to them, and it took a while, but they, you know, wanted to sell the building, and so we bought it, and we bought it with a partner. Okay. And our partner was... Um, a World War II veteran, bomber pilot, and wheat rancher. And he had an appreciation for the small town life. And just, he looked at the grain elevators here and he said, as long as those are here, this town will always be here. That's true. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah. And it's worth investing in. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So yeah, was it your plan to always keep this a hotel? No, we had thought about doing apartments, um, mainly just it kind of vacillated back and forth between apartments and hotel because hotels are pretty number one they're labor intensive number two they're very dependent on the travelers you know yeah. staying there and hospitality is kind of a tough industry and we you know we went back and forth about what's easy or what's good and believe it or not we want what's good for the town and we know that having a hotel in this town is going to be good for the town. Yeah. So there's a great golf course here. There's things happening. Um, people will come here as a little destination, and there's tons of recreational opportunities around this area that are just phenomenal. There's Lake Roosevelt. It's a short, you know, drive north of here. Um, there's places to go horseback riding. I mean, you could ride a bike forever here. It's just, it's fantastic. Yeah. So once you bought the hotel, where did you start? We started with the, the basement. And we, we started with some brick repairs. You know, we, we really prioritized by uh, what needs to happen first to stabilize the building because bricks were falling down. The parapet wall was losing. A, a large chunk of it was falling off. Um, the roof was leaking. I mean, there's so many fires that we had to put out that that's kind of where we started first. And right now we're at the place where we're going to be putting it back together. That's a good place. That's a good place. And this yes. has been how many years in the making? It's been 10. And, you know, sometimes I think, wow, that's such a long time. But I have heard other people tell me their stories, and it's not that different. Sometimes it just takes time. Yeah. And when, you know, I worked full time and Jerry worked on this project, then he went to work full time and now I'm I I'm not working full time anymore. <laughs> so so we kind of switched roles and um I'm doing as much as I can, but really he's really the driving force in the construction part. Sure. And you guys, I mean, it's hard to explain the amount of structural work that you've done 
right. maybe try to describe that for our listeners because we sit here and are looking at it and it's so impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, well, we we first had it engineered. You know what would what what did the building need? It needed stabilization, and it needed to be squared up and trued up. And so we started in the basement with some footings and posts and beams made of steel. It was It's all steel that was bought locally here, locally in Spokane area. And basically all the steel work is to, you know, support this unreinforced brick structure and to hold up the floors. They had uh, free span was the big thing in the day. And I, and I don't know if I'm saying this correctly or not, but they, they like vast amounts of space like in here and in the dining room. And so they had, um, how they kept that supported was with kind of a box beam and and I don't know how to just describe it exactly, but like hand forged metal that's hooked in the middle and then it goes to brick walls and then um, there's bolts on each side. So so that it's like a tensioner. That's uh-huh. what I'm that's what I'm trying to say. Like a tension rod in a box beam. Wow. And that's what held up the the ceiling of the dining room and in here in the lobby so basically all that sort of failed Uh (laughs) and so um what we did was we we had to cut a lot of these joists and then replace sections with steel and join the joist to the steel so all all of this is original floor but it's been cut to to accommodate that steel holding it I know it's kind of complicated but it's basically just it's supporting the building basically from the ground all the way up to the top floor yep and the roof (laughs) yeah no kidding so all that being said you've put all this work into it what is your end product vision for this building our end product is going to be a very authentic hotel from, you know, basically all the public spaces and rooms will look somewhat 1902. Um, it'll be a warm, welcoming place for people to come and stay. And it'll be very unique because well, bo- it's basically a boutique or bed and breakfast size hotel. It's not real big, you mm-hmm. know. And so nowadays the, the, the demographic doesn't want, you know, Motel 6 or, you know, the giant um, Hyatt or whatever. They want some kind of a cool experience when they go travel the, yeah. the highways and byways. So that's what we're hoping is a nice destination for everybody. Everybody's welcome here. Unless you're a creep, then you can't come here. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. So you worked with an architect then mm-hmm. to kind of figure out a plan of how mm-hmm. to keep a as much original as you can, but then also bring it up to speed for modern day, right? Correct. Yeah. Energy efficient. We're doing ener- energy efficient heating. We originally were going to do this as a lead building. And then after discussing it with the state architect from Department of Archaeology and Historic Preservation, he said, you know, just follow the green building codes. It's a lot less expensive and you can get the same result. You don't need an award and all that. Sure. <laughs> you know, a lead, yeah. a lead certification. Because to most people, it probably won't mean anything anyway. So we'll just make it energy efficient and, 
you know, as far as water, we're very um, into conservation and, you know, our resources are precious. So we're into that. Make the most of that. Mm -hmm. You have tackled this kind of one project at a time, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. So kind of walk us through maybe those different projects and, um, you know, you mentioned like the structure Mm -hmm. and then we've also, we're sitting here looking at these beautiful windows that have been replaced. Mm -hmm. The windows, the windows, especially on the south side of the building, right where we're sitting right now, were literally disintegrating. They were crumbling and there was so much work to, to bring, just to bring this frame back to life right here. We had to lower the whole frame all the way. That whole thing, this whole thing was laying in this room. Wow. My husband had to cut off about a foot and a half of the bottom of it because it was rotten, disintegrating, and he rebuilt it. And you can't even tell. And no, no, you can't. And nobody will ever see that, but yeah. th- those are the kind of things that you open up when you start working on yeah, <laughs> you're like, oh, let's fix this window. Oh, three, four, five weeks later, we're still fixing the window. <laughs> uh, lots of surprises. Mm-hmm. Lots of surprises. What was the biggest surprise? I think the biggest surprise was the failure of the structural, the basically the dining room and how we had to replace all those um, ceiling joists or you know floor ceiling, whatever you want to call them. That was the biggest surprise because they were sagging. And the staircase was, you know, as I mentioned, being held up by a bottle jack and a piece of firewood. (laughs) So hard to even imagine. I know. It was like, whoa, look at this. And we've got pictures. I mean, and the the price tag was still on the bottle jack. It was from the 40s. Wow. Yeah. So, and another surprising thing that happened was um, the... So out in the front on this south side, th- this gets all the weather. So most of the, you know, a lot of damage on this end and the west side. We ended up having to dig down four feet um, right beside the foundation. And we found that there was holes, you know, in the rock foundation where whoever, I don't know who did this, just put a piece of wood in there, a piece of firewood. <laughs> Some, oh my somebody was really into firewood. But. <laughs> But to plug the hole, you know, and, and that doesn't keep the water and other things out. So, so we had this whole thing dug out on the south side, and we repointed it. And Jerry and I went to a masonry class. It was like a two-day, um, all-weekend class, and we learned how to do the repointing. So every, everything we do here, we learn before we jump in. You know what I mean? Yeah. We, we didn't just go, oh, hey, let's do this. Let's try to figure that out. Yeah. <laughs> well, we did research, and we did, we've, we work with people to learn and not just destroy. Yeah. Because we want to rebuild it, and we don't want to ruin it. So, like, for instance, in, in this room, there was pink peeling paint on all of the plaster, and we're going to replaster the walls. To keep so. it authentic, mm-hmm. too. That's cool. Mm-hmm. That'll be really neat. Yeah. And in the meantime, there's some pretty cool patina around here. Right. <laughs> Great photo backgrounds yeah. and things. Yes. So I know that the Institute for Washington's Future has helped with some of this. Can you tell yes. a little bit maybe about their mission, which I think is cool, and then mm-hmm. ha- the role that they've played 
in helping you here? Okay, I'm not sure I can articulate their mission very well, but they, they're very much interested in helping rural communities be sustainable. I think that's the... Yeah, I, that's yeah. what I understood too, yeah. Um, they, the Institute is a very small nonprofit, and they are very, very, um, I don't know how to put it. They're very visionary types of people that, that run that. And Donald, Dr. Donald Hopps is, he was the executive director, and now his son, Sean Hopps, is, is the director. So they do grant writing, they do, um, they do all sorts of things that you would never, you know, know about. I, I don't think a lot of people know about them anyway. But so they approached me and said, look, we know you guys are kind of at a, you know, you're spending your own money and just this is going slow. And we know that, um, you know, you're kind of at a, a weird point in this, in this project. So how about if we do a fiscal sponsorship for you and help you, you know, do something like a window project? And so it was really their idea. Wow. And so what we did was we, we started telling people, hey, if you want to donate a window, donate the money to the Institute for Washington's Future, and then they provided us grant money. You know, basically it came back in the form of a grant, and the grant purchased windows. And so it's a win-win, you know, really. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, a, it's the kind of thing that is done in all different types of projects, but in this particular project, it's putting, um, it's putting money and putting the building back together. It was their way of just kind of getting us over this hump that we're, you know, funding these kinds of projects is insane. Yeah. Nobody wants to fund them. Right. It's expensive. <laughs> it's expensive. Yeah. So, so it was their way of just, you know, giving back and putting, putting this, um, helping our building be dried in. That was another thing. Yeah. Because a lot of these windows on this floor were boarded up. They were they were just disintegrating. And so that's something when somebody drives by and they see boarded windows, that's a big like deterrent. Right. Like this town has nothing going on. Yeah. <laughs> it's got a bunch of derelict buildings, you know, and so it helped in a lot of ways. And it's brought people in. It's brought people, they stop, they're curious, yeah. they want to see what's going yeah. on. So. Wow. Yeah. So you guys actually don't even live in Harrington. Correct. But you really believe in the future yes. of what this town holds. So talk to us a little bit more about that, because I really love your heart about this project. Well, um, I, I want to see the younger people who are living here have access to entrepreneurial opportunities. That's a big thing to me. I didn't tell you this before, but I, I helped... Uh, start up a school in Spokane. It was a STEM school, and it was called River Point Academy. So I worked for the assistant superintendent of Meade School District, and he and I would sit and talk, you know, when we were working together about how much we kind of hated school. <laughs> <laughs> and his thing was, he kind of had ADD, to be quite honest. And if he hears this, good. Dan, you do have ADD. Um, <laughs> he has so much energy and so many ideas and so many directions he could go at any second. He was always thinking, and he always wanted to do something for kids. 
you know, he yeah. that's just the kind of guy he is. Uh-huh. And so one day we're sitting around, we're kind of talking, and he just, he developed this idea of opening a STEM school, and it was basically the first one in Spokane. Wow. And he traveled all over the United States. He took the best of every school that he visited that had a similar mission and brought it all together in one place, and it was fabulous. It wow. was great. And he also owned the Weinhard in Dayton, he and his wife restored that. And so he was kind of like this um, inspiration for me. Uh-huh. So. Well, I love that. And you guys have made this a community project. Like, it's mm-hmm. not just your project. It's right. It's for the community and you involve the community. Right. So share a little bit about that. Because every sure. time I look on your Instagram feed, it's, mm-hmm. you know, people helping you. Yes. And people just pitching in and lending mm-hmm. a helping hand or like today they're out excavating and we can hear that right. in the background but yes. I think that's really neat it, it is the community's building it's not ours and it always will be I hope yeah um, I want people to live work here and feel like hey I can go there and this is a great place we um, one of the things that really started a lot of that was one day I was I said to my husband, I have an idea, you know, and when he, when he hears me say that, I know he just, you know, <laughs> oh, gosh, she's got an idea. Oh, great. But I said, Jerry, why don't we get, why don't I put out a Google invite and just ask people if they want to learn how to repoint rock? And he said, what for? And I said, so we can redo the storefront rock because it all needed repointing. Uh-huh. It would have took him and me, you know, weeks to do that. Surprisingly, we got 15 really good people that said, yeah, we want to do this. So I said, well, let's just assign each of them a piece of wall and give them the tools, show them how to do it, take them to lunch afterward. And they got it done in two and a half hours, and that included cleanup. Wow. Wow. I mean, That's amazing. Yeah, it was, it was and it was fun. Uh-huh. And when we were, we were all done and we, we all went to lunch at the golf course here and afterward it was like everybody hugged and everybody was so happy. I mean, it was just, it was really a bonding experience. Uh-huh. And the last thing that they all said was, let us know when you want us to come back for something else. And I was like, seriously? After, you know, but with with all those hands it made it go so well and not everybody you can look at the wall and kind of see the different you know I knew who was where uh-huh but it's all it's all good it all looks fine it's yeah and everybody can take ownership in it right so that's really fun with such a big project and such a big vision because this is a big vision do you feel like people have caught on to the vision I think a lot of the younger people have caught onto the vision and a select number of, of older people. A lot of people look at it as it's just too much work. Uh-huh. You know, they and that's the bottom line. Uh-huh. And it is a lot of work. But nothing good is ever in it. You know, you your path is always gonna take a lot of turns. That's true. For things that are worthwhile. And it's just really neat that you guys see the possibilities for the next generation and you're mm-hmm. stewarding something that then they can continue to steward right after you're done with it is this part of a bigger long-term plan for Harrington what you're oh, doing absolutely at the 
Yeah, the first the first thing we did when we started this project, besides work on the hotel itself, was get some uh, groundwork established, which was the historic commission, and just kind of communicating with people about, hey, look at this, look at the great assets that are in this town. Yeah. You know, they're worth preserving, they're worth saving, and they're worth doing something with. And I think at first it was, I don't know how serious people took us that uh-huh. were from here. Because they'd drive by, they didn't even see it day to day, you know. It's like, oh, I don't even see it anymore. You uh-huh. know, I don't even see my own town anymore. And last year we had a lady stop by that has grown up here and lived here. And she came in and said, thanks for rebuilding our town. And I was like, we haven't rebuilt your town. <laughs> she said, well, you guys are doing, you know, you've got the, the idea started and, you know, other things are happening. And I said, yeah, that's, I mean, you, you have to start somewhere. Yeah. Everybody has to start somewhere to get it going. So we're not the only ones. Yeah. Definitely not. Yeah. What has been your favorite part of this restoration process? I think seeing um, seeing the beauty come back to this building and seeing people that appreciate that. Uh-huh. Um, they're, they're coming up and they're like, wow, those windows look fantastic. Or, you know, any of that. We, we didn't create this place. We just, you know, put polished it up a little bit. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, a lot. <laughs> yeah. But that, I think that's the most rewarding thing. And little children that come in here and they're... There's one little girl that was in here, and she said, I want to get married in here someday. When are you going to be done? And that's the, you know, that's the number one question. Really? When are you going to be done? (laughs) (laughs) If only you knew, right? Yeah, if only I knew, I would tell you. (laughs) I don't know. What has been, on the other side of that, the most challenging thing? The most challenging thing is not being able to finish it faster, I think. Um, you know, life is funny sometimes, you know, well, almost always things happen for a reason. Uh-huh. The start and stop, it, there's a reason. You learn more, something happens, and you learn more or something better comes out of it. So I've kind of learned not to worry about it anymore. Like, it's going to get done when it gets done, and somebody, you know, somebody's going to come along and, have something to offer, who knows? Or we'll just keep doing it until it is done, whichever path happens, yeah. I guess we're gonna have to accept that. So that's, I don't know. I just think it's a wonderful project. It is. Otherwise, I don't know many people, marriages that would survive something like this, because I always hear, you know, I've heard people say, my husband and I built a house, and then we got a divorce. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's like, why? I mean, what was so bad about it, you know? Wasn't it fun? Uh-huh. Apparently not for everyone. Yeah. So. And I just can't imagine the, this is like building a house times 50. <laughs> right. <laughs> really. Exactly. Yeah. Plus, you know, maintaining our own house, our home that we live in. Yep. Or a little five-acre spread, you know. And yeah. We want to move here, though, so house is for sale. No, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> but that's cool that you're, yeah. that's kind of part of your vision, vision yeah. too, is to move here and be a part of this thing that you're building. You really right. are. Right. Well, what is the next project on the list? 
the next project on the list is we will be pouring we'll be putting some drains and a concrete floor in the storefront and then we have a really wonderful friend in Spokane that runs the Spokane Preservation Advocates Group. Okay. And he is going to design the storefront. He's actually an architect as well. Okay. He's going to design the front of the storefront, the windows, the doors, you know, the whole the whole look of it. And who better than somebody who is so into, you know, historic preservation. Yeah. And and he's just a great person on top of that. Just a great guy. Uh, so we'll finish that off and then we'll be working on the mezzanine level that little apartment area so that third of the building will be first to be done okay <laughs> and so and then we'll move into this part into the the dining and event area and the public house area and then the hotel suites are probably last okay so we'll do main floor first sure well, that's really exciting. Well, how can people help out, and how can we follow along with what you have going on? Well, we are on Facebook, we are on Instagram, and they're both the same, Hotel Lincoln, the Electric Hotel. Uh, people can help they, if they want to donate a window. That's one way they can help. They can help physically if we have a project. Um, Usually I don't announce that we have a project to work on, so maybe I better think about that a little bit more. <laughs> we were just talking about that this morning about, you know, people don't know how they can help. So getting I, the word out, getting the word out, I guess I better be a little more proactive about that. Um, but the donations that people have made on windows have been have made a huge difference. And the windows, all the glass in the storefront, lower and upper windows are all paid for as well as the top windows in the, um, on the second floor, just from generous people. So Making a big difference. It does make a difference. And I suppose another way they could help is if anybody knows anybody who really wants a business, you know, that'd be another sure. extremely helpful thing. Sure. That they'd want to come and check it out and say, hey. Because um, Jerry and I are willing to get a loan you know get the loans and everything to finish this restoration but if somebody wanted a business that would really push that forward quite a bit you know having having a business that really wants to be in here uh-huh banks like that <laughs> yes <laughs> they like, do <laughs> oh you're gonna have a business in there great you know you have some kind of a return somebody who's gonna pay the rent so to speak yep so when you say business, what ideas come to mind for the types of businesses that could be in this space? Oh, there, you know, it's almost unlimited. Yeah. Like that storefront area could be anything from light manufacturing to a brewery to, um, you know, somebody who's creating, somebody who's a sculptor. I mean, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Whatever they think fits. And as you probably know, Harrington has high-speed fiber here so yes. people can work remotely in this town and I, I just read I saw a thing on the internet about um, a town and you probably know about it that is paying people to come to their town to work remotely and they're paying them ten thousand dollars to relocate in their town and it was in oh I think it was Kansas? in Kansas no or I think Oklahoma. it was Oklahoma okay yeah we need to look into that more yes a cool idea so that they paid people to relocate there 
because like these professionals are from New York or Seattle or some big city, you know, mm -hmm. but they have the skills and expertise to do whatever they're doing from their own home, you know, their own computer. Yeah. And it just brings like a whole new dynamic to their town because now you've got you know, people that have jobs, yep. have money to spend, are buying homes. I mean, the whole thing, you know, family. Uh-huh. So, and they also get out of the gridlock of the city. Yes. Which is my biggest thing that I love being down here. Surrounded by farms. Mm -hmm. and yeah, it's beautiful. Mm -hmm. We're right here in the middle of wheat harvest and mm -hmm. it's really neat to see all that going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Our partner Archie used to say that, um, that being a farmer was the most rewarding job for him because he knew that he fed, you know, people in the world. I mean, I thought that was the coolest thing. He had all the numbers worked out too, but uh -huh. I don't remember what they were, but it's true. Right. Yeah. No farmers, no food. And you yep. know, and you get to see here and experience that mm -hmm. every day. And I thank God every day that I'm not allergic to wheat. <laughs> Yeah. I like my week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Karen, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Sure. This has been great. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. Yeah. We can't wait to keep following along. Oh, good. Well, good. Thank you. Well, I love that Karen and Jerry have a vision for this hotel that is way beyond themselves and how invested they are in the future of Harrington. If you wanna help contribute to their efforts, they are continuing to accept donations for their window project and would love to have another investor who shares the vision of promoting restoration and rural entrepreneurs. You can find more information through the links in the show notes and be sure to check out their social media to see all their progress. Huge thanks to Karen for being on the podcast and thanks to you for tuning in. We'll be back next week. Have a great day, everybody.